Hey everybody, this is Mike Wardrop from Encounter Church Adelaide, and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you can have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our preaching team. So last week, Mike opened our series with an awesome message. You can listen to it if you weren't here on the podcast. Um, but he, he, he talked about how we actually need to have an, imp- an encounter with Jesus. That he used a story, and I thought it was a great analogy, of, um, of a man with leprosy. And he kind of said, well, look, if Jesus had gone up to this man and just told him about who he was, that man would have walked away and still had leprosy, and he wouldn't have known the power of God. No, that man with leprosy needed an encounter with God to change his life. And it's a great message. I encourage you to go and and have a listen. But tonight, I get to chat about one of the things that can happen when we encounter God. Tonight, I'm going to talk about miracles. And if you've heard me preach, you know that I love a good prop and a good demonstration. So I thought I might just get something. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. (laughs) I um, used to think that uh, miracles were weird and strange and I didn't really want to kind of be a part of that Um, and in my church when I grew up um, as a as a young child um, if it was if it happened I didn't really know about it and so when I went to ice uh, in high school I went to an Easter camp and I had an encounter with God that completely changed my life we were playing capture the flag I don't know if anyone has played that before or knows of it. Uh, but essentially, it's a game where you just kind of tackle each other and run through bushes and, I don't know, hit. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing youth game. And then you grab a flag and you've got to get it back to your area. But whoever was a genius running the Easter camp that I was on decided that we'd play capture the flag in a forest, which sounds great, except that my personality is that I don't really do things in halves. I don't really do things slow. And so I picked up the flag, I captured the flag, and I was running it back to my area. And instead of getting it into my area, I ran directly smack bang, full belt, into a tree. And I, I, it was about that big, and it was just, I guess it must have been cut off or something, and I ran directly into it, and I actually really hurt when I see myself. Um, I crushed all the muscles in my leg. It was a hospital trip, we went down the hospital, they took x-rays, did ultrasounds, they thought it might have been broken at first. It wasn't broken, but it was, it was actually this leg. I crushed all the muscles. In my leg, and um, I, you know how when you when you do something really bad, you know because you start to bruise straight away. I had that. By the time um, they'd finished doing all the ultrasounds and all that kind of thing, I, I literally had a black and yellow bruise here already. Like it was it was intense. It was huge. And um, being a teenager, I didn't really care. And so I went back to Easter camp on crutches, as you do, and um, decided that I was gonna I was gonna stay there, even though it was painful. I think when you're a teenager, you're just like, I'm tough, I'm good, I've got this. Now I'd be like, I need to go to bed for three days. Um, And so I went back there. And the next morning, I had two of my leaders come over and they were praying for me. And if I'm seriously honest with you, um, I wasn't really paying much attention to them praying to me, um, praying for me. But anyway, they prayed for me. And all of a sudden, I felt like a bucket of water come straight over me, like as if I just stood in the shower and something had like washed over me. And all of a sudden, I realized that the, the pain in my leg had completely gone. That I had gone from having agony and being, I was, they did give me strong painkillers in the hospital. I had gone from that to having absolutely no pain whatsoever. And a few hours later, Brant Jones, who was my pastor at the time, walked in and found me playing stacks on with everybody at the bottom of the pile. And he was just like, what is going on here? <laughs> but it was amazing. It was my first ever miracle. 
It was my first ever seeing a miracle. And um, what was interesting as well is, is a few hours later, I went to the bathroom and my whole bruise had almost completely gone. I had a bruise about that big and it was just slightly yellow. It was like God was like, here, I'm just going just gonna to show you that I healed you. It was amazing, honestly. Like I could have, you know, made everything else up. I could have, well, I don't know, thought the pain away or, or whatever. But for a bruise to go like this big, down to about that, in the space of probably about two hours, there's nothing except the Holy Spirit and the power of God that can make that happen. There ain't no creams in this world. So after that, I couldn't deny miracles. And I've actually been really privileged uh, in my lifetime to experience a few miracles, to see a few miracles, to see other people healed, um, see them go through miracles. I've seen some uh, really weird miracles. And if you want to know about them, you have to come and talk to me off stage. Um, but it's, 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 been, it's been a privilege, and, and I, lo- I, I believe in miracles. I believe our God still does miracles today. So firstly, what is a miracle? If you read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 11, it talks about the different gifts that were given from the Holy Spirit. And it actually talks about the gift of healing and the gift of miracles as two separate gifts. The gift of healing is when God intervenes in a personal health and sorry, in, person, in person's health, and performs the impossible. It could be a physical healing, an emotional healing, um, a relation, relationship healing or, healing, or even a, a demonic possession. Miracles are when God intervenes in the laws of physics and performs the impossible. Essentially, however, they have one thing in common. God intervening in some part of our lives and in performing the impossible. We all have a need for miracles in our lives. Maybe it's a family member or a friend that needs healing. Maybe it's breakthrough in your own life. Maybe it would be a miracle to see your friend or your family member come to know Jesus. If you sit and look at your life, I'm sure you can all say that there is some part of your life in which you or someone you know needs a miracle. And if there really is no one, there is a lot of sick children out there that would ask you to pray for their miracle. There are a lot of scriptures in the Bible that talks about healing and lots of other kinds of miracles. We think about the time that Jesus took five loaves and um, two fishes and fed thousands of people. Or when he raised people from the dead or he turned water to wine. Some people love that miracle more than others. Or the time when... God parted the seas for Moses and the Israelites walked on the dry ground. There's heaps. Google it. Have a look. There's so many. But tonight I want to turn and we're going to read out of Luke. Luke 8, 43 to 48. And it will be on the screen behind me. And a woman who was there, who had been the subject of bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, And immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touch me. I know that the power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. 
Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. I love this story for so many reasons. But firstly, I want you guys to know that um, in those days, when you were bleeding, you actually weren't allowed near any people. According to the purity laws in the Old Testament, um, in Leviticus, verse 15, it says, a person with an issue of blood is to remain quarantined. Also, whoever touches those things shall be made unclean. He shall wash his clothes, bathe in water, and be unclean until evening. Now, Mike is away at the moment. He went away to Melbourne on Thursday. And can I be heaps honest? Five days of isolation sounds amazing to me right now. But I think 12 years of isolation will drive you insane. This poor lady had not just been isolated for a week, but she'd been isolated for 12 years. She had used all of her money, all of her possessions to get doctors to try and heal her or help her and nothing. She would have been at the end of her tether. She would have been absolutely desperate. We can't even imagine what it's like to be isolated for 12 years from everybody. She probably would have lost her family, her friends. This would have been the last resort for her. For her to go out in public was a massive, massive no-no. A massive step. Must have been so brave to do that. But for her to grab the cloak of Jesus, now that was unheard of. That was like pure desperation. Honestly, she must have thought, I either do this or I die. This is all I've got. And I, um, I find it interesting how Jesus says, who touched me? Because firstly, he would have known the fact that someone, that the power had gone out from him. And you know what? He would have known it would have been her that was healed as well. So why did Jesus call her out if he already knew that? Well, I think it's partly because he wanted her to understand that while his power healed her, it was actually, it was actually her desperation, her faith that caused that healing to happen. I think as well, after 12 years of being alone, that Jesus would have known that she was lonely, that she was outcast, separated from her community. And Jesus knew the power of community. Jesus didn't do life on his own. Jesus could, he could have gone around and done miracles. He could have done whatever he wanted, but he chose to be in community. So he knew the power of community. And by asking her, asking her to kind of come out and to say what she had done, he was also restoring her into community. He was showing everybody that she was healed and that he had healed her, so they needed to accept her back into community. And I just think that's so powerful. Sometimes we see in Scripture and we just read it and we're like, oh, that's nice. But we forget the power and the authority of what this is actually saying and what Jesus did and how much Jesus cared. He shows how much he cares for her in this. Determination matters. You're actually not in control of your healing. But you are in control of how much you're willing and how far you're willing to go to see God heal you or to heal your family or to heal your friends. Her faith healed her and her faith made her seek out the healer. You are not in control of the healing, but you are in control of seeking out God for that healing. My, li my life verse is Luke 11. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. Not because you knocked, but because you kept on knocking. God wants us to ask for what we want. 
He wants us to ask for healing and for miracles. We should expect to see miracles today in 2019. But why don't? Why don't we see miracles every time we pray? I'm sure you've asked that question if you've prayed for someone before and they haven't been healed. I know I have. And so I want to give you a number of reasons, and these may not be the only ones, but these are some. Firstly, I would ask yourself the question, are you in the centre of God's will? John 1 verse 514 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask for anything according to his will, he hears us. Sometimes we're asking things out of selfish motivations. Now, I can put my hand up every time it is Christmas or any time of the year where it's busy, I ask for a car park. I just do it. All right, I'm going to own it today. Happened the other day, Cara and I were at the beach, not the other day, a few months ago, Cara and I at the beach, and I was like, Jesus, can we have a car park? And I said that loud as a joke, and then someone pulled out, and I was like, whoa, hallelujah, praise the Lord. It was so good. But if we really want a miracle, we need to be careful that we're not asking it out of selfish motivations. When we moved to Prospect, this is very serious, I asked for two living, a house with two living spaces, three bedrooms, and a study, and it had to be dirt cheap, like cheaper than anything is in Prospect. And I prayed for this. I seriously prayed for it. And guess what? God gave me that exact house, and it was super cheap. Like, it was amazing. It was honestly, it was, it was a miracle. But I don't think God gave me the house because I wanted two living spaces and three bedrooms and a study and, you know, all that kind of thing. I wish I'd prayed for it to be 50 years earlier like made 50 years earlier. That would have been amazing too. It's a super old house. But I don't think he gave it to me because I prayed for those things. I think he gave it to me because he knew what we needed. So here at Encounter, we actually um, held some of our first church services in that room. We had Easter um, a couple of years ago in that lounge room. We, f- we fit 50 people in my lounge room and a full band. It was amazing. It was unreal. He knew that we wouldn't have an office, that we rent out this space. We don't have an office. And so that study that we have in our home, that's actually Encounter's office. It's amazing. It's such a gift. But God knew what we needed. He knew what we needed and he provided. He doesn't say, I'll give you what you want. He says, I'll give you what you need according to the riches and glory that is in Christ Jesus. Maybe my future, I won't need a house this big and God will provide something else. But we need to be careful that we're not asking for things out of a selfish reason. Maybe that's why we're not seeing a miracle. The second reason is, could be because of a lack of faith. In James' letter, he tells us that prayer offered in faith will make someone well. James 5.15 Even Jesus didn't perform, perform many miracles in his hometown because of the lack of faith. In his, Mark, 5, Mark 6, verse 5 and 6 says, He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. I would think that was still pretty great, right? But he was amazed at the lack of of faith. It's amazing that even in Jesus' hometown where he came from, there could be a lack of faith where Jesus didn't even do many miracles. Sometimes I think we pray for someone and we think, oh, well, if you don't get healed, you can go to the doctor anyway. God's like, no, 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 I want you to have faith that says, I will be healed. Sometimes we have to speak that into being, but we also have to get our minds to understand that we have a God who wants to heal us, and he wants us to pray in faith. The third is unconfessed sin. James also states, there are times that we need to confess our sin in order to obtain healing. Now, I'm not saying that uh, your issues or problems come from 
sinning. Please hear me there, I'm not. But unconfessed sin can sometimes block us from receiving our healing. James 5, 15 to 16 says, And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Before I come to God in prayer, I always ask him to forgive me for my sins because I'm a sinner like everyone else. But it's a habit that I've got into because I want to, to recognise the fact that I am a sinner and that I have been freed from the grace of Christ Jesus. And the last point, and while we might be not seeing healing, is explained in Matthew 17, verse 14 to 21. It talks about how a boy um, isn't, isn't healed by Jesus' disciples, and Jesus comes and, and he heals them, and his disciples say to him later, like, why, why couldn't we heal this little boy? And Jesus tells his disciples that some things only come out with prayer and fasting. So sometimes we need to learn to fast and pray before we will see a miracle. Some of you are desperate for your miracle. You really do want that miracle. But you want it on your own terms. You want an elder to pray for you and to instantly be healed. And I get that. I want that sometimes too. But sometimes God says that we need to fast and pray for our miracle. My friend has motor neuron disease. And he came to my house hours after getting the diagnosis. And they said to him that he's had two years to live. He had a one-year-old boy at the time. And his wife came and sat with me and cried. And at that moment, some of us decided that we were not going to stand for that. That we were going to pray and we were going to fast until God healed him. His eldest son is six now. And he's just had his third child. And he's still alive. And the disease, which should be progressing extremely fast, and he shouldn't be here, is hardly progressed at all. It's actually a miracle. But you know what? We will, we will pray and we will fast until he gets his healing, even if that's 100 years from now when he goes to heaven. I'd love us to turn to another scripture. Matthew 20, verse 30 to 34, says, Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, And when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. But they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately, they received their sight and followed him. Now, this story is interesting. Firstly, why did Jesus ask them what they wanted? They were blind. He could see that. He had eyes. Come on, Jesus. Like, you know, you're Jesus. But I think, I think the reason that Jesus asked them was because he knew that they actually needed more than sight. The physical healing was amazing. But the last line of this is really important. They received their sight and followed him. Jesus knew that actually... They didn't actually just need a physical healing. They needed to know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. And it doesn't say whether they got up and followed him straight away, although I imagine they probably did. I mean, I would have if someone had healed me, I'd be running after them. But it does say that they chose to become Christians. Jesus knew that restoring their sight was not enough. They needed their souls saved. 
that to heal one's body is an earthly matter. But what is the point if we simply leave those bodies here on earth and do not get to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven? When my uncle was diagnosed with cancer, my kids decided they would pray for him every night at dinner. And so for about a year, every night, they prayed for him. Unfortunately, he died. But when we went to the funeral, they came to my auntie to pay condolences. And she looked at them and she said, guess what, kids? Your prayers have been answered. Jerry's in, Jerry's in heaven and his whole body is healed. And my kids smiled and said, we know. My kids understood something that we struggle to as adults, that death is not the ultimate, is not the end. Death is not the end. It is the ultimate healing of our bodies and souls into eternity with Jesus. We don't know why God doesn't heal everybody on this earth. But I do know that if God heals you on this earth and you don't have a relationship with him, then it's worth nothing. Your ultimate miracle and your ultimate healing is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Every time someone decides to follow Jesus and to say yes to a relationship with him for the first time or, or for a second time again and again, that's a miracle. Some people will get healings and not know Jesus. And if that's the case, then you have not been given the ultimate miracle. I was on a small island off Bali uh, years ago. And there was a guy on there, he was the only Christian on the island. And so a bunch of us went over to encourage him and, and spend time with him. And he was telling us how um, his ministry was healing. And he was the only Christian on this island. And he would say to people, if you've got, if you've got need for healing, come and I'll, and I'll pray for you. And he was praying for people on this island and every single one of them was getting healed. So I'm just like one or two, every single one of them. And he would say to them, oh, look, you need to believe in Jesus and then I'm going to pray for you and God's going to heal you. And they'd be like, yep, no worries, got it. They would get healed and they'd be like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not going to follow Jesus, so I'm going to go. And they still got their healing. And this guy, he kept praying. But by the time we got there, he said, I'm so frustrated. I'm so frustrated because I don't understand that healing is only one part of it, that they are missing out on the whole picture. To know Jesus is to know freedom and to know healing. If you're following Jesus here tonight and you don't know that freedom, I want you to know that maybe, maybe that's your miracle that you need tonight. I have seen people healed from depression in an instant. So what is it tonight that you need freedom from? Maybe tonight you need healing. Maybe you need physical or emotional healing. Maybe you do need healing from depression or anxiety. Or maybe your back needs to be healed. Maybe you need healing for your gut. Maybe you need healing for your marriage or a relationship with a family member. Whatever your miracle is tonight, God wants to heal you. I know it. But what good is that healing if you don't know Jesus? We will all die one day. And Jesus wants us to die with a complete life. And he doesn't mean a complete healthy body. Although I do, I do believe that he wants that for us. 
But no, he means the assurance that you can have of having eternity with Jesus Christ. He died on that cross so your sins could be forgiven, so you could be healed, so that you could be in a relationship with him. If you have a need, God wants to meet you right where you're at, right now. He wants you to be brave and he wants you to ask for your miracle. He wants you to knock and he wants you to keep on knocking. And he wants to set you free. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. For more information and resources, please check out our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review on your podcast provider. Have an amazing day. God bless.